there are so, so many challenges. I could spend an entire day talking about this. And I made a list of about 25 um, unique challenges to particularly mothers in dentistry and, and things that I've experienced. Welcome to the Protrusive Dental Podcast, the forward-thinking podcast for dental professionals. Join us as we discuss hot topics in dentistry, clinical tips, continuing education, and adding value to your life and career. With your host, Jazz Gulati. Hello, Patricia Gulati. I'm Jazz Gulati, and welcome back to the Protrusive Dental Podcast. This is an interference cast, which is a non-clinical interruption. For those who are listening, I don't know if I sound different. For those who are watching, you'll notice this crack on the ceiling, and my room looks very different. And where's my background gone? I'm recording in my sister's old bedroom in my parents' place, because Hadeep, our guest today, who is a just a fantastic person, She's a shining light in dentistry. She's blossoming into this amazing voice for females in dentistry. And I brought her on to talk about parenthood in dentistry. It was so difficult to plan this date that it actually worked out uh, that I'm recording, not in my usual studio. So do excuse the acoustics and the video if it's a bit different. For those of you that know me, parenthood is something that's really important to me in my life. And I'm so happy to be sharing this episode with you guys. Even if you're not a parent, and you never want to be a parent, I think there's so much you can gain about our discussions in work-life balance. Like, Hardeep maybe changed my thinking about it not being balance, it's about work-life quality. So we discuss that towards the end. We talk about family planning and how, especially for females and, and mothers-to-be, this could really change your career trajectory. Uh, and we kind of touch a little bit on why perhaps in dentistry, women in dentistry sometimes do not get the spotlight they, they truly deserve, especially when you look at the, the lecture circuit. There are many more male dentists on the lecture circuit, despite there being more females in dentistry uh, up and coming than males. So motherhood may have something to do with that. The challenges, the unique challenges, like being mum is the most difficult job ever. I remember uh, Lakshmi, Lakshmi Kanagati, I know you're listening to this. You're one of uh, the loyal Patrusarati and you came to our live sprint course day and we just talked about being mum and being a practice owner and how it poses such unique challenges. Now, one thing I discussed in this episode with Hardeep is that I've been like the broodiest guy ever for the longest time. Like my, it was a dream come true when I became a father. So this was an episode I was really looking forward to recording. And I think Dentistry does pose some unique challenges. Uh, and some of the challenges that Hardeep talks about, like, wow, uh, her being three months into be becoming a mother and having to go back to work to see a patient while her child who was breastfed was being given express milk upstairs by a nurse because this is the reality of women in dentistry. And I've seen that in the practice where I work where uh, the dentist will come back from maternity leave to see, squeeze this private patient in for orthodontics. Like, you know, if you're, if you're in the middle of orthodontics and you need to go on maternity leave, that becomes a little bit messy. So we, we, we tackle these really real world themes. And as a parent, as a father in dentistry, with all the things I do, uh, clinical and non-clinical, it's a real challenge. I do, and I know Hardeep tries not to bring her work home with her. I feel as though me, and probably you, listening and watching to this, uh, the Protrusorati, you probably take your work home with you. You're doing clin checks, you're doing treatment plan letters, you're doing courses, online courses, webinars, etc. So it becomes really challenging to find that I'm going to say work-life balance, but work-life quality, because that's the main uh, change in thinking that we explore in this episode. So uh, I really hope you gain so much from this uh, journey that me and Hardeep explore, as well the unique challenges that parenthood poses to us as dentists. 
And so listen, and I'll catch you in the outro. Hardeep Basi, welcome to the Patricia Podcast. Uh, how are you? I'm very well, thanks, Jazz. I'm excited. I'm excited to be here. I- I'm super excited. In fact, you, you know, I don't know if you believe me or not, but I'm being deadly serious here. I have never been this pumped and excited. And I was telling my wife as well for a, an episode of Petrusa before. Even though I do so much clinical, this specific non-clinical episode w- is very close to my heart. Uh, I'm going to talk all about that today. Uh, parenthood is such a, a beautiful, beautiful topic. And um, I remember I, I remember sharing uh, an Instagram story uh, not so long. It actually was in March. And, and that's just a testament to how a, a busy lady you are, Hadeep. You're so difficult to, to tie down. I'm so glad I finally got you on this Friday morning. I'm actually recording right now in my sister's old bedroom in my parents' place. You see a nice little crack uh, in, in the loft ceiling here. Um, you see all this uh, red and pink decor. It's, it's not me. It's not my usual place. So I'm making an exception for you to make this happen because this is long overdue. Anyway, back to the story. I, I shared a story on, on Instagram saying, hey, I'm recording with Hadeep. And Someone messaged um, who, whose name I now forget because it's so long ago. Uh, and he said, wow, Hardeep, uh, I was in the hospital placement when she did MaxMax Max something. Did you do MaxMax? Max? Yes, I did. That's right. And so he messaged. He said, um, she was one of the sweetest people I ever met. She was very popular with the nurses. She was to bring in food. I don't know. that you're, Is that something you're famous for? Oh, yeah. Well, I used to bring in like sort of leftover dinner from the night before. <laughs> I, I used to bring, you know, my mom's curries and things. And not feel guilty about eating them in the staff room. No, but I did share with others. Yes. Yes. Amazing. Well, you, you have this uh, reputation and he, he, he said that um, he was really looking forward to this episode. So sorry, buddy. I, I, it, was, it was in March and I'm not going to go through my Instagram all the way to March. Uh, so thanks so much and, uh, for, for that. And so, you know, I'm really, really pumped for this. And just to give everyone um, a bit of context, Hardeep, uh, I know because um, her dad is uh, the person whose practice I did my first ever work experience at when I was like 15 or 16. Uh, and then your, your brother and I were very, very tight uh, at school. And then uh, I used to see him, uh, you know, through, through dent school events as well. So Pritval and I met Simran as well. So uh, a, a real true family of dentistry. But for those who, who, who haven't got the complete picture here, just tell us a little about yourself, Hardeep, what you do at the moment. And I, I always want to extrapolate the journey, everyone's journey. How's your journey been? You're now in, in Scotland. You're a mother of one. Tie it into your personal life, but just tell us a little bit about your professional journey. Yeah, sure. First of all, thank you. Good morning um, to everyone. And uh, Jazz, what a gracious introduction. And I'm so, so delighted and honoured to be invited onto your incredible podcast platform. You know, the fact that you were here today after arranging, I think, somewhat three times is a huge achievement in itself. And uh, so it's all about getting the timing right. So (laughs) I've got Hassan Hattaj to nursery and I'm now able to fully focus on enjoying and having fun in this conversation with you. And um, yes, you know, you're well connected to the to our family, you know. Um, I think for, for me, the journey has been, um, you know, people would think that I've come from a family of dentists, it's been quite smooth and quite easy. And it's, it's quite the contrary, you know. Um, obviously, I came into dentistry before I came into parenthood. So, and coming into dentistry for me was a challenge in itself. Um, and Jazz, you know of my dad, he's incredibly inspiring. He's a humble gentleman. He's a great educator, a mentor and a supporter. Very, very so much is, colleagues. very truly is. Yes, yeah, so many colleagues in the profession. And I'm very, very lucky to have had parents who encouraged me to go down any path that I wanted to. And they would always insist that being a girl, I should never limit my dreams. And I'm always eternally grateful for that. 
And growing up, um, my dad devoted a significant amount of time to building the family dental practice, which was incidentally just down the road from our home. And I really enjoyed going to the dentist as a young girl, and it wasn't far for a start. You know, I would swivel around on the chair in the surgery or at reception, <laughs> watching and listening and learning all the time. And, you know, built rapport and relationships with all the staff and the patients alike. And, you know, on the odd occasion, I would sit at the reception desk and cover it. And what really, what really struck me, though, while I was there <laughs> was that I was inspired by how many female dentists were working in the practice who had children as well. And taking all that into context with working alongside my dad and looking at what the dynamics of the practice were that he was building, an inclusive practice of males and females, I set my sights on following in his footsteps and studying to be a dentist. And the journey to becoming a dentist in itself was challenging. And during my school years, I suffered a lot with bullying and harassment, actually, and debilitating migraine attacks, which would incapacitate me for weeks. Um, but this didn't stop me. Wow. I kept focused on my education and I achieved the grades that I needed to to get into dentistry. And, um, and I graduated uh, in 2012 at the age of 24. And, you know, being a young woman from humble beginnings in Hounslow to living independently that far from my family was really tough initially. Um, but, you know, I got my head down and I graduated with distinction in finals and I had a few academic prizes at graduation. And the reason I share that with you is because I worked so diligently and I was so focused on my career aspirations as a young, independent woman that my desire to put that energy, effort and time and hard work was almost ingrained in my DNA. And don't get me wrong, I did, I pursued hobbies at university. I was socializing with my peers and I was that girl who went out on a social night and I would still make that 9am lecture the following day. Um, but yeah, in my mind... I can, I can vouch for that from our um, <laughs> uh, meetings at BDSA. Yeah. And you know, at that stage in my life, um, I'd set my, I'd, I'd imagined this was my lifelong career, uh, you know, clinical dentistry. And, you know, university was a great place. You know, I, when I met you at the conferences and things, you know, we made amazing friendships. And while I was at uni, I met Manrique, who was studying medicine at Edinburgh. And so, you know, university time was really the opportunity where, you know, I had a few part-time jobs. I was studying really hard and I was, I was playing hard as well. So, that's when the juggling act sort of began. And then to explain a little bit more about my journey, when I left university and I entered the realm of clinical practice, I was still an, you know, energetic, ambitious, mature, although my siblings might um, beg to, to, might disagree there. But my focus was sort of challenged, sort of channeled on attending courses, conferences, volunteering, networking, and just continuing to learn as much as I possibly could. And I'm glad I did that then. Because looking back now as a mom, um, it's quite different to be able to seek those opportunities and have those networking opportunities and be out and about. And um, after completing my VT year at training in Edinburgh, I returned to London, where I spent two years doing core training posts um, at King's College London and Queen Mary Sidcup, where I did uh, oral surgery and max facts and general duties. And, you know, I look back at that time in life and I'm always grateful for the inspiring consultants, the peers from whom I learned so, so much from in those early years. And um, during those years, I sat my MFDS exams and uh, I was maintaining a long distance relationship with Manrique. But we made it work and then we married in 2015 and I settled into married life and I moved to Scotland. And, uh, you know, obviously a new town, 
No friends. And that's why you've got this uh, Scottish uh, twang now. I can definitely hear it. I mean, we were saying yeah. earlier before we hit record, uh, you sound very yeah. different to the Hardeep I once knew. <laughs> oh, you know, when I first started university, I was that girl from London with the posh English accent. And then now I'm like, you know, so hybrid. There's a wee bit of uh, a twang. Yeah, you're right, Jazz. There's, there's a wee bit of an accent comes through. Um, but yeah, it was, it was difficult, you know, because I was new town, no friends, uh, finding a new job. And... Um, but, you know, I had incredible support from my in-laws, my family that I settled in with up here. And uh, life was different, but it was so, so pleasant, Jazz. And uh, I landed a job in general dental practice, which was fortunately, uh, in comparison to my SHO jobs, um, the commute was only 15 minutes. And this was ideal, you know, for me. Um, and, yeah, clinical practice was going really, really well. Um and uh, I was building my self-esteem and confidence until one day I got a patient complaint. And I don't know about you, Jazz. Oh, Have no. you had a patient complaint? I mean, I've had um, my my fair share of near misses, but it hasn't yeah. been uh, so bad. So are you happy to, to share just a little bit about how that affected you, what happened? Yes, absolutely. I think it's really important to be open and sort of transparent about these because it, there is a stigma attached about talking about things that don't go so well in, in clinical practice, you know. And I'm, I'm more than happy to share that. You know, the mental trauma of going through that tough time, you know, it took a real negative emotional, mental, physical impact on me. And it was actually a turning point in my clinical career where it made me question whether I really wanted to continue with a clinical dentistry and I know to some that might sound really irrational but it was a thought that crossed my mind and you know I, I don't think so. I don't think so I don't think so at all I don't think that's irrational at all like even all the near misses I have even like the the restorative failures that I get that don't lead to any complaints and the patient's very understanding and I, and I bring the patient in and fix it even just the other day I was a little bit ambitious with the zirconia resmar bridge and I wasn't happy with the connector width but I still fit it and then the pontic snapped off uh, and so you know that that still has a, the potential to give me a sleepless night and then I still you know despite how passionate I am I still have those thoughts like oh man uh, I hate these failures is this really what I want to do so Everyone gets those thoughts, especially when they experience failure or uh, I guess heightened even more so when you have something as um, as, as stressful um, as a patient complaint. So I, I don't think it's irrational at all. I think it's very much normal to have those thoughts. Yeah. And just the, the, the sort of difficult part of it was that I didn't feel fully supported. Yes, we have our indemnity, but it was an experience that I know so many of us feel like we go through alone. And for me, fortunately, the complaint was resolved amicably, right? And it, it wasn't a significant. But the fear of that litigation, the fact that it was going to allow it to, to destroy my drive and my determination and passion because of one negative interaction over all the positive um, patient interactions I'd had up until that point. And so, you know, it, it was it was really, really tough. And then to compound on top of that, I had a horrific mm -hmm. car accident in June 2017, and without going into detail, I was so lucky that I survived because my car was written off. And, you know, mm -hmm. I suppose up until this point, the experiences I had made me reflect on life that, you know, up until this point, I'd been so focused on a career that what did I want out of life that I wanted to live fearlessly and I wanted to live it fully in my potential um, because you just never know how short it is. And, you know, 
dentistry was my life, you know, as a young married woman with that passion for the profession. But these life events that were happening to me made me question whether it was really for me. And I was overcome with anxiety. But you know what? There was there was a reason for this all happening to me. And life was happening for me at this point. It was a realization. It was a time where I knew there was a deeper purpose in me and I had a desire that I wanted to start a family. And, you know, my faith has always um, been a solid anchor, you know, my self-belief. And I started reading around a lot of personal development, listening to podcasts, rebuilding my energy and my focus and surrounding myself um, with supportive, positive people so that I could really unleash that potential in me. And, you know, Jazz, things, things happen according to the divine timing. I really, truly believe that. And after my brother's epic wedding festivities in India, we went to Amritsar and we went to the Golden Temple. And there I prayed so deeply for a child. And six weeks later, mm-hmm. I found out I was pregnant. And it was just the mm-hmm. most mm-hmm. incredible moment in my life. And the sheer joy mm-hmm. of becoming a mother filled my heart with so much excitement. You know, I thought, you know, getting into dentistry. Is, is, that, is that something that you always um, wanted to do? Were you always uh, broody? Because I can tell you now, like, I don't know, is, is, a, is a man allowed to be broody? Is that the right term for a man? <laughs> but I've always wanted to be a father. Uh, so but for me, the, the, all, the, all those comments you said there about how it made you feel and stuff, like when I saw those two lines on my wife's test, like I've got a photo of me like almost like just so emotional and charged and happy and stuff and uh, it's, it's been the best thing that's ever happened in my life and I'm sure you're going to talk about that but also we're talking about the challenges and how it affects our profession stuff but yeah I, 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 I definitely share your sentiments. Are you enjoying the Protrusive Dental Podcast? Well, allow me to deliver you even more value. You can now download the iOS or Play Store app for free. Just search Protrusive on your app platform. Now, if you're a true Protrusive and you want to support the podcast, you want to claim CPD for all the listening and watching that you do, you want to get access to exclusive clinical walkthrough videos to make dentistry tangible, as well as a premium newsletter, access to the Protrusive Vault, and the ability to download all the clinical videos and podcast videos so you can view them offline later, you can get all of that for less than 15 tax-deductible dollars per month. So what are you waiting for? Download the Protrusive app now on iOS or Android for absolutely nothing. We've worked so hard on this Protrusive team and I know you're just going to love it. Now back to the main episode. Yeah, absolutely, Jazz. You know, like I I grew up in a big family. I had lots of, surrounded by lots of cousins, you know. And um, so having a family of my own one day was definitely an aspiration. But the timing of it, you know, it's always something that, culturally and socially conditioned where we're thought to believe that things need to happen at a certain age and you know all that sort of stuff but you know for me I was at the age of 30 and it for me it didn't matter about the age it mattered just about the stage of life that I was at and I was I was I was ready to take on this new challenge and you know I thought Mm -hmm. the journey of getting into dentistry uh, and that career was challenging I was in for a real treat when it takes eight years to get into some sort of stability in a dental mm-hmm. career and it takes nine months to become a mother you know through that whole journey of pregnancy but <laughs> you know, fast forwarding all of that and when our baby boy arrived it was uh, just Adeep, can I just can I just stop you there one moment because I just want to just pick on, on on two small aspects that, that we discussed so in case anyone uh, in case you missed it when you were listening guys um one little thing which you know might have been missed in passing is that you said how you did so many courses early on and then you did actually touch on the fact that actually now as a, as a mother you, you couldn't 
imagine doing that. And I, and I feel the same that I'm so glad I did so much of my education on the front end so that now uh, I choose quality over quantity. Whereas before it was like, yeah, quality and lots of quantity to, to, to see what's out there uh, in the real world dentistry to, to expose myself. Um, and as a parent, I, I definitely, as, as now um, a learner, avid learner, as an educator now as well, finding the time. That's why I do a lot of my stuff online because I can make more time for my son. son. So that's a thing just worth um, mentioning to anyone listening that, okay, if you're at a position where you're not thinking about children, but you might like to have a family one day, then how is your career gonna gonna map out? And then on a similar vein, the, my main question for you now is: before taking the plunge into to motherhood, before family planning, did you? And I don't know if you've sp spoken to other mothers in dentistry. Were you nervous about how this might affect your career progression? Because one of the themes I want to is actually the last question I was to ask you is: we see so many uh, people at the top of our field who are. Are, are male. We see so many lecturers. I, I look at conference programs, male, 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 male. You see one female. Uh, and I feel as though a lot of the, the higher positions in, in, in dentistry um, are occupied um, unfavorably or, 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 or too biased towards male. And I feel as though perhaps this has all uh, got something to do with it. So how do you feel? How did you feel at the time about this would affect your career? Is that something that you, you thought about? Yeah, I mean, absolutely, Jazz. You know, I think this advice would have been really helpful while I was at university, you know, to give um, to give people that advice at an earlier age, you know, things will happen when they happen for you and when you decide that you'd like to do things. But I think going on courses and pursuing your career aspirations, do that as early on as you can while it's all fresh in your knowledge and you're building on a good foundation from university. And I think coming out of university, I realized when I went into the real world of clinical dentistry, how much I didn't know. And so, yeah, I would absolutely advocate for doing things now and not procrastinating on those choices and family planning is really important as well you know I didn't have those sort of conversations with people earlier on I just for me it was a turning point in my life where I had to go through such adversity and such challenge to then decide actually I was so tunnel vision focused on dentistry that I lost sight of other things and her thought wasn't actually wasn't wasn't actually planned in that way um you know, as to, right, I'm at this stage in my career, you know, now's, now's the right time. It was, it was other things that made, that give, gave me that realization. And I think for me, you know, it's quite interesting because I was having this conversation with Manrique the other day and he said, you know, I said, I think I've been on more courses before I had her touch. And he actually looked at me and said, no, I think it's the other way around. I think you've been on more courses since you had him. And I thought, well, maybe it's to get a break from both of you then. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's different. There's a lot of shifts that happen, um, Jazz, you know, when you become a mother. Um, and I can talk from that perspective. You know, I have this wonderful life-changing experience of becoming a mum to her dad, who's now three, even though I do introduce him as three going on 13. Um, and it's the greatest thing, but it's also the hardest thing being a mum because there is this, uh, there's this shift in your identity and, you know, the, the amount of learning that happens when, you know, a, a child is born, but so too is a mother, or in your case as well as a father. And so for me, the sort of key challenges that I had when I came into motherhood and also, you know, in uh, keeping in line with my sort of career aspirations was that when I returned back to work after nine months, so I took nine months of maternity leave, 
I was so anxious, Jazz. I was stressed. I had this fear of, of letting go, this separation anxiety. When I would drop him to nursery, we would be bawling our eyes out. You know, that I've spent nine months with him. He's been in my arms. He's been spending a lot of time with me. There is that sort of emotional connection that you have and that attachment. And then to sort of hand him over to somebody else who effectively is a stranger. You know, you don't know the nursery staff. You know, you know they're there to take care of your child, but you don't know them. They're not like a family member. They're not you. And I think for me, it was just all the emotions. I didn't know what I was feeling. I didn't know that this was normal. I... And I and I became overwhelmed with the emotion of that sort of unhealthy attachment. So separation anxiety is is a very real emotional um, feeling. And for me to kind of come through that, you know, to grow through that, cause, you know, it was there for a long time. You know, Hertaj cried for every single day for 18 months before he turned a corner and actually <laughs> had a smile on his face going into nursery. And, you know, for me, it was about managing, yeah, getting the know. help and support to help manage those feelings, that it was valid to feel that way. And it was an accepted part of being a mother or a parent and leaving your child in the hands of someone else while, you know, you go to work. So, you know, it's it's very normal to feel that. And I think it's really important to acknowledge it, to know that you're not alone in feeling it. And that you can get the help and support you need to manage that feeling. And so that's the beauty of it is that you go through that to know that you become stronger. And then now, you know, it's wonderful dropping him off to nursery, going off to work, grabbing a coffee from the drive through on the way in, listening to a podcast, you know, just enjoying that time without feeling guilty. Um, and that, that's really what it means to me, Jazz. Uh, Hadeep, you know what that reminds me of? I just thought it'd be apt to, to mention this. There's a, a book called, um, you're probably familiar with it, uh, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. Very highly Covey. referenced. You've probably read it, I imagine. Yes, yeah. I have read so it. So one of the first chapters talk about um, uh, what it is that you channel your focus to. So we, and many dentists who are, you know, very much focused on their careers, their, everything in their life is about my identity is a dentist. Now, if that gets taken away from them, then their life is over. And that's it. And then on the other end, you have people who are spouse-centered or children-centered. So everything in their life revolves around their children. And then, you know, when they're 18 or whatever, and they flock the nest and suddenly their life has no meaning anymore. And so what Stephen Covey argues is that we shouldn't be centered around any of those things. We should be values-centered. So I'm always having this discussion with my wife. I'm saying, Sim, look, I know we love Ishan. Uh, he's the world to us. But, we, you know, Everything in our world shouldn't revolve around just him. He's a very important part of our life, but it should be revolve around our values. Uh, and he is very much part of that, but he is not the sole thing. And there's something uh, that I think is worth mentioning, would you say? Absolutely, Jazz. Couldn't agree more. And I think, you know, the conversation about knowing what matters to you as a person, first and foremost, you know, I think a lot of the time what happens is that, and coming into motherhood, before that, my responsibility was me and my career. And then he came along and obviously you've got your relationship as well. And it's about your value system and quality of time in life. You know, how do you choose as a family to spend time together to make that time, that devoted, you know, no distraction time together and also then be able to manage your work commitments and pursue your career aspirations. Because somebody like me has realized that they are, you know, passionate about dentistry and, and specifically leadership in dentistry. And 
you know, you're, you're absolutely right. It comes down to your your why. You know, why are you doing these things? You know, what are the barriers? So, so essentially your children, that? our children, anyone listening who is a, a parent or wanting to become a parent, we love our children. But they. Are, yes. I think the message here is our children probably shouldn't become our why because then you're attaching your entire sense of everything to an individual person. And, you know, if you had an argument with that person when they're a little bit older and then that's it, your whole world's turned upside down, it should be very much centered around you and your and your values. That's what, essentially what the, the book says. Uh, would you agree with that? Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. You come first. And as selfish as that can sound to some people, it is absolutely necessary to, to set out why you're, you know, absolutely jazz, you know, what matters to you as a person? What do you value in your life? And of course we value relationships, family, work, but you know, as part of all of that as well, are you giving yourself enough time to look after you wholeheartedly? Are you filling your cup with a lot of self-care and self-care isn't, you know, the sort of all, all around the sort of fluffy stuff. It's, it's really unraveling your thoughts, your processes, your, it's, it's messy. It's hard work. You know, it's understanding the barriers that are keeping mm. you stuck from unleashing your full potential. So absolutely, first and foremost, you need to tap into what it is that matters to you. What do you value in life? Hadeep, I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to just talk about very specifically in, in, our, in our niche of dentistry. What do you think are the unique challenges that we have? Uh, very much the meat of this episode, like, you know, fine, you know, a, 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 a lawyer could be discussing with another lawyer about the unique challenges that lawyers have uh, with, with being parents. So what do you think are the unique challenges that, that dentists might have uh, as a role as a, a, you know, wearing the hat of a dentist, but also wearing the hat of a, of a parent? Can you, can you th th think of any, I've got one to share with you, but uh, anything that you've experienced as, as a mother, especially? Yeah, I think just for me, I've kind of alluded on it, but coming back from maternity leave back into dentistry as a mum with a new sort of, uh, you know, role and responsibility, for me, it was the lack of support when I came back. And, you know, it was it was quite sad to just see that, you know, you're just expected to throw yourself back into it um, with no sort of additional support. And, you know, there were so many changes that happened because you you know, I was full-time before I had her Taj, and then I came back and I was part-time. I had to obviously reconsider my working hours and my working patterns. You know, uh, there are so, so many challenges. I could spend an entire day talking about this, and I made a list of about 25 um, unique challenges to particularly mothers in dentistry and, and things that I've experienced. I oh remember... Just, just go for it. Re read them out. Just spend a little bit of time. Just uh, go for it. Let's hear it. Yeah, I, you know, I remember, Jazz, I had a few um, sort of um, ortho patients before I went on maternity leave, right? And I still remember he was only three months old and I had to go back into practice. These were private patients. I had to go back into practice while I was breastfeeding um, and, and sort of look after these patients and that, that stress, you know, luckily I had, you know, a really nice supportive team at work. You know, I remember one of the 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 nurses holding you know her thaj upstairs in the staff room and giving him sort of express breast milk and i'm downstairs in the clinic treating this you know this patient and you know that in itself was a huge challenge like how did i do that you know taking him with me to work massive oh my goodness all that going Hats on all that going on and i think it's it's just so overlooked and you know, then you have the guilt, the feelings of guilt, you know, are you coming back to work too soon, putting your child in nursery, what's too early, what's too late, 
you know, you've got to think about your working hours, your, you know, especially in the evening, if you've got no childcare, how late can you work, you know, your career progression, your, you've taken a break from clinical dentistry when you return and you've got those feelings of being good enough at your clinical work. You've got, you know, the imposter mm-hmm, syndrome, mm-hmm. I I, I get those thoughts when I've been on like a one week off holiday and I come back and I feel like, oh my goodness, I'm so rusty uh, in my decision making and my precision. Uh, I can only imagine after a maternity leave and whatnot. Absolutely. It's crazy. And, uh, you know, a lot of people do sort of just dismiss it as, oh, when you go back, it'll just all come back to you. But it takes time, Jazz, and you need people around you. You need to be able to speak to people and share these concerns and struggles with them. You know, you, you're coming back to work. You've got broken sleep, and I'm sure you experienced that too as a, as a father. You know, if you're sharing that sort of responsibility, uh, looking after your child, you, you're, you're coming back to work, not fully alert. Um, and, you know, then you've got the sort of mad rush in the mornings, dropping the children to nursery or school or what have you. And have you had breakfast? You know, have you eaten something? Have you fulfilled your basic needs? You know, it's and then you've got the, this, the element of, you know, if your child is sick, you know, and you've got to leave work. You know, what's the contingency? What are the measures? Oh, my for, goodness. Yes. For that consideration. So, so, so I just want to talk, talk about that. So my wife works in community. I, I'm, I'm in private practice. So uh, she's salaried. I, I'm not. Uh, and therefore, uh, if it's Sean's sick, then it's got to be her. Uh, and it's always unfair. It's always unfair on her and the trust that it has to be her because I'm the, um, the one who's private. And, and you know, she, why does it work like that? It just, it is, it just makes sense, right? The person who's salaried takes a, the, takes a day off. It's just the way it works out. But, you know, lots of women in, in private practice, A, the, the whole maternity pay situation is, is something we may t- touch on, and that's very complex. But B, you know, if your child is sick, you know, there's no replacement for mum. Mum is mum. Um, that's why I think motherhood poses such unique challenges. Uh, ch- ch- well, yeah, challenge in a good way that, you know, it's such a beautiful challenge that you embrace. But mum is mum and motherhood is mother is the most difficult hat to wear as a dentist. And that just highlights some of the issues like what if your child is sick? Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, they they have this strong desire. You know, when I'm sick, when I'm ill, I want mum. You know, that's that's who I want to be around. And, and it's it's that phase of, you know, that that sort of attachment that happens. And you can't just, you know, working in busy NHS practice with all those sort of considerations, you know, rebooking patients and things like that. It's, it's tough going to get your head around. And, you know, when you finish your nine to five job, you've then got your five to nine job, you know, your dinner, the dishes, the bedtime routines, <laughs> and all of that. So it's, it's really hard going. And I think that can't be overlooked or underestimated by, you know, there's, there needs to be more support for mums returning back to work. And I feel like that is one of the biggest challenges, you know, that sort of holding somebody's hand and saying, look, I'm here with you. I hear you. How can I help you? And that is something that I'm so passionate about, which is one of the reasons why I started, which was back then the dental motherhood and is now the lead her. And uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit, but I was just going to bring that into actually because I've seen so much of your um, stuff on Instagram and how you passionate you are about this. So just tell us because because you are essentially fulfilling the role that you wish you had in those stages yes. where you felt maybe isolated, that you felt you need support. You want to be that support to to amplify the voice of of, of females in dentistry, which is a beautiful uh, uh, thing to to aim for, uh, and also you know motherhood being part of that as well. So tell us a little bit more about Lead Her. What what a what beautiful name. Yeah, thank you, Jazz. Um, so yeah, originally it was the dental motherhood. And um, the reason for that starting under that umbrella term was because on the back of, as you say, you know, my struggles, my anxiety, returning to work, 
first time mum and also also passionate about dentistry and my career aspirations in that field. So I set the group up to really provide an online community, a space. So I created that space, which was never there. And to bring together a community where we can have connection, we can have collaboration and we can really share quite transparently and quite honestly and anonymously, if you wish, your your struggles and provide that support network, which I think is so important just to know that you have a platform to share and to get support is so pivotal. And I think, you know, once I did the dental motherhood and it started to gain some traction, I then decided, what well, you know, why am I restricting this to, to just dentistry? You know, there'll be, and this also came on the back of my clinical leadership fellow post that I did that, you know, I was with medical um, professionals and mothers and pharmacy fellows who were mothers. And, you know, I decided, you know, let me broaden this out. Let me, let me expand it so that more women can come in. And, you know, it's not just for mums, it's for any, any female out there in any field you know, it's about empowering, supporting, sharing knowledge and information, because I've been through those tough times. And if I can be there to support in any measure or capacity, then I I, I will do that. And it's growing. It's a growing community. Um, and it's, it's lovely. It's a wonderful feeling. And we have so many exciting things going on in that group. Slow and steady, because obviously I'm trying to find that, you know, um, time to be able to do it but yeah it's it's brilliant it's really really amazing how how do we connect how do we connect with that what's the first step like you know you've inspired uh, someone listening today and and and, and uh, she would like to come on and connect with you and learn more about how to empower herself a, a, as a female in in dentistry or beyond uh, because this podcast has got more more reach now how is the best way for them to connect so it's through Facebook. So it's a Facebook group called Lead Her. So it's lead.her. And um, you can join the Facebook group and there are, the, the community is growing. There are there are ideas that I'm coming up with as time goes on. You know, we're going to be starting a book club, which is very exciting. And that will be a great way to learn and to get to know each other. And then I have um, organized retreats, which are luxury retreats for women to come away from their sort of comfort zone experience, new surroundings with new people and, you know, epic experiences and activities. And on those retreats, there is learning. There are, there are leadership masterclasses where I impart some of the knowledge and wisdom that I have and tools and strategies and techniques that have really helped me to grow into being confident, feeling empowered and feeling happier in life in being a dentist and a mom so you know it's it's a great community and i would love as many to come in and join because i think there's real value and i love your social media uh deep is such a, a positive voice in dentistry uh and you're such a uh, you know w- wonderful leader in what you're doing at the moment and i wish you all the best uh success with this so so uh ladies if you're listening in particular uh if lead her uh is resonating with you i think it should with Every every female listening to this, um, you should definitely reach out, uh, check out what 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 the, all the ideas that Hadeep has, uh, and it's only going to grow you as, as a person. Uh, so thanks so much for for sharing that. I just wanted to bring you on to, to highlight and put a spotlight on on Lead Her, which I again I, I can't get over how awesome the name is. I can't believe you own that. That's amazing. Um, t- tell us about Hadeep your work-life balance as it is now in the stage of life you know her is three uh, my son also Ishan's gonna be three next week um so tell us about your um, struggles your goals with work-life balance is it elusive does it exist 
Oh, I love this. You know, I love this topic and I could spend a good few days talking about this. And I do share share quite powerful um, information about this on the Lead Her Retreats. And you know what, Jazz? The word balance, right? Recently, I had some conversations with some colleagues about this and friends in dentistry who who coincidentally are mothers, but also that aren't. And we debated the word balance because balance is, is sort of defined as a stable, mental, emotional, and psychological state. And what we were thinking was, you know, a better word, a better term to use uh, is quality, uh, quality over balance, because balance implies that everything is in a controlled state and certain state and, and an equilibrium. But the reality is we live in uncertain times and adversity and things are changing all the time. So the idea of achieving balance almost seems quite unrealistic. So what we feel is that, and what I feel particularly as well, is looking at the quality of a personal and you know professional life, knowing that that quality will vary from day to day. It'll be different in your health and your sickness and under different circumstances. But as long as you're giving your best, and that will be different day to day, the quality can improve. And as long as you're focused on being better and being kind to yourself along the way, you know, for me, that that's what it stands for. And, and you know, I'll share my perspectives. Uh, and these are just my personal thoughts. They, they'll be different to, you know, my parents and friends alike. But your quality of life, work life, is different for each and every one of us. And for me, it comes down to, again, what we already touched on is my why and my values. You know, why do I do things the way I do? What do I enjoy doing? What lights me up? What is my purpose here? And, you know, becoming a first-time mum, it was a tough ride. I had no one give me a manual, give me some advice or anything like that. You know, my mum did impart some great wisdom with me. And having raised four, four children herself, you know, I saw saw how she did it. But it is a roller coaster of emotions. And, you know, with, with me having experienced burnout, overwhelm, anxiety, guilt, imposter, I can relate to how many of my female colleagues, and especially working mums, feel. Because I've been there, but I've come out the other end with now a solid toolkit that I can tap into whenever I need. And we need our quality of personal and professional life to be a daily practice. Like that self-care has to be disciplined, daily practice at home and at work. And I'll focus, you know, for the benefit of this podcast, I want to focus on the positive reflections because I've grown massively just in this last year. There's been a huge amount of self-awareness and unraveling and unpacking all the messy thoughts and things that are going on and gaining a deeper understanding of my values, my needs, my aspirations to live happily in both my career and at home. And for me, it needs to be achievable and it needs to be about taking the time to reflect on how you want to lead in your life, you know, taking control of the choices that you can make. And for me, it's about optimizing your mental and physical health and well-being every single day, both at work and at home. And it does come down to how you use your time to really focus on, on how you spend it, because it's the most valuable asset we have. It keeps going and it's, it's the currency we have to get what we want out of our, our one life, our one conscious life. So for me, a good quality work-life balance is about being happy. It's about being healthy. It's about leading life on your terms. And, you know, even when things get tough, they do get tough, but you have tools to help you thrive, not just survive. And so for me, it's about prioritizing. It's about my primary focus to make to have that sort of good quality life 
is personal health. And there's no substitute for for health. You know, positive, healthy habits that you can do at work. And I don't know if you've read the book um, Atomic Habits by James Clare, but, you know, your habits, your healthy habits. I'm halfway through at the moment. (laughs) Yes, it's a fantastic book, right? And he, you know, he talks quite about it being that, you know, these habits that we have in our personal life and our professional life need to be obvious, they need to be attractive, they need to be easy, and they need to be satisfying. And so for me, I prioritize things like sleep, you know, it's a necessity, you know, worry thrives on a tired mind. So I do some meditate, I do some meditations before bed, I do some light, gentle exercises. And, you know, we try and distract, uh, take away all the electronic devices, um, at least an hour before bed. For me, also a good quality of life so in both sleep, personal, sleep hygiene. <clears throat> sleep hygiene, exactly, and doing that sort of daily physical exercise as well. You know, making time in at home and at work um, to do some daily physical exercise. So I have a personal health coach who educates me on good dietary habits. You know, taking supplements. I have vitamin D sitting on my desk, um, discussing nutritional needs, and he <laughs> has actually given me a bespoke, tailored You'll need a lot of that physical plan. Yeah, (laughs) where, you know, he's given me um, a really, really, you know, a bespoke um, fitness plan where five to 10 minute bursts of physical activity, such as squats and lunges between patients is, is, is enough. You know, we don't, as working mums, I don't Mm -hmm. have an hour that I can spend in the gym, but I have five, 10 minutes between patients that I can do some squats and lunges or five to 10 minutes at home between, you know, while the kettle's boiling or whatever I'm doing to do that regular sort of physical exercise. And, you know, I think it's also, you know, at lunchtime, I always go for a walk, whatever the weather, it's so refreshing to get away from those four walls and, you know, I can't mm-hmm. emphasize that enough. And I'm trying to get people at work now to come and join me on these walks because quite often the, the default is let's go into the staff room and, you know, chat about cases or patients or, you know, whatnot. But actually getting outside in fresh air <laughs> is great for that quality um, of life. And also, you know, Jazz, having time for your relationships, you know, you can get so consumed with work mm-hmm. or home and, you know, Kind of lose track of your relationship so I schedule a man and I schedule some time to go for a breakfast date or a dinner date and we'll do that while her Naj is in nursery on a Tuesday morning and so having that sort of communication and enjoying very those often overlooked we... even even in couples uh, who are friends of ours who, who don't have children um and then you know that for example a couple of uh, friends of mine who are both doctors um no children um and they just tell me how difficult it is to to, to see each other uh, like they're both busy gps uh, and uh, they you know, have very active lives in terms of sports and stuff and then they to, to make time for each other um is difficult and it becomes even more difficult as a parent. So to ha- you have to do life design. You have to design your life to actually uh, put that in the diary as a recurring event, which as lame as it sounds, like it's so sad that in the 20, you know, 2022, we have to uh, diarize time with your other half, but you do in a way. Otherwise, you just leave it to chance and then other things take up priority. To have that dedicated space where you're going to give yourself to someone else uh, for that time and the undivided attention and to, to nurture that relationship is, is so important. Absolutely. And you know what? They also, you know, for for example, Hadaj gets to spend quality time with his grandparents, you know, for an afternoon a week and sometimes more. So it's it's great while mm. you're you need to consolidate and build on those relationships that you have. Otherwise, they do 
challenges do come in between that. And in terms of work commitments, you know, I keep my clinical commitments. I work three days. I was three days. I've now dropped to two at the moment. And while I'm currently on this leadership fellow, which is half my working week, and, you know, my full clinic days coincide with the days that Hathaj is full-time in nursery. So you have to sort of work it around your personal circumstances. And, you know, Manrique's working four days a week, and then he has a Tuesday off with Hathaj. So he's got his day with him and his commitment with him in the afternoon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there's, there's lots of things that come into play. And obviously, for me, out of my working hours, I've I dedicate time for leadership coaching, developing lead her, organizing retreats. I'm constantly reading books on self-improvement and leadership. And, you know, all of it is learning. You're going to, I make mistakes along the way. And sometimes I feel like, oh, I haven't spent enough time with, you know, you know, Hadaj, or I haven't spent t- enough time with Manrique, even though we did have a, a breakfast date, or whatever it was, you know, or I've missed out on family dinners, you know, things like that. It does happen. But it's all learning at the end of the day. And um, it all comes down to your boundaries, you know, at work and at home. You know, I try I try not to bring work home. I consciously decide at work there is no such thing as procrastination. If I do my notes and I don't try I don't try to have any <laughs> sort of remote good. access at home to do any clinical notes. I don't do it. We don't ha- I don't do it. I, I do what I can. If I have to add another five, ten minutes onto the day, I'll do it. Of course, sometimes realistically, some things do need to come home, like I'm doing some Invisalign planning, case planning at home or, you know, whatever it is. But I also learned to say no to things. You know, what am I saying yes to all the time that I should be saying no to and realizing that I can't do everything and I can't Mm -hmm. please everybody, that I've got a level of autonomy and I need to make decisions. You know, it might be at home deciding, no, I'm not going to do the ironing today because, you know, I want to play with her thaj for a couple of hours. Or no, I'm not going to cook tonight. We're going to get a takeaway because, you know, I want to, you know, spend time doing some work. You know, it's, it's, it's whatever really suits you, but it's that ability to create those boundaries. Um, And if you don't, it can be quite destructive to your, to your day-to-day living. And I think, you know, it's about being organized and having some structure, but also, you know, being quite spontaneous and picking out time to just, you know, have fun and go on a little adventure outside and just, you know, switch off and, not everything needs to be so regimental mm-hmm. and routined, you know, apart from obviously when I'm organizing mm-hmm. to go on courses and conferences, that also requires some, uh, you know, structure. But it's really important, Jazz, I think, to get a good quality of life, um, both in a personal and professional sense, you need to have support. And I think that's, we're very grateful that we have family close by and friends that we ask for help. And there's no, you know, I'm so, so grateful for that. And there is no, you know, as cliche as it sounds, you do become the average of the people that you spend the most amount of time around. So it's really about deciding what kind of life you want, carefully selecting the people who will help you live that life, right, both in your personal and professional circles and learning from each other. And I think also for me, what's really important is that I spend time with positive people because energy is really important to me and their personality characteristics rub off on me. You know, you start to grow together. Mm-hmm. And with her thought, as as a mom, that quality time that I focus with him, I remove distractions, I silence notifications, I sit with him, and I ask him what you'd like to do. And I think just giving that dedicated time to build that attention, connection, and love, be present, and 
is 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 more powerful than anything. You know, we we sing songs together, we read, we draw, we color, we snuggle up and watch a movie, we'll go outside and kick the football mm-hmm. around, you know, swim, whatever it is. Um, but you know, as they say. I, I'm, uh, I'm very much the same. It's, it's it's all about undivided. It's about quality. Uh, it, it, you know, your quantity is great, and we can have it uh, when you have a week off and you spend extra time together. But when that, you know, when he's gone to nursery, I've come to work, come home. It's about everything has to go. It's all about Sean for that one hour and to really fulfil my role as as a father, and, and I get so much enjoyment and fulfilment and energy uh, from that. But it's about at that point, if I'm not replying on Instagram, and whatnot, it's because I'm busy. I'm with Sean, uh, and 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 there is a place for that. If I'm constantly multitasking and I'm giving some of my time to Sean and some of my time to 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 Instagram or, or whatever it's just not going to work so I, I definitely agree with that absolutely and I think also well, you mentioned you know disconnecting from social media because it can be you know really overwhelming you know all these sort of messages and replies and things that you got and people do generally post and I, I am guilty of this I post a lot of positive good stuff right and I do also share struggles and you know mistakes along the way because it's an important platform for learning but I think it's so important to be able to decide I'm going to switch off. And also, if it's not playing with him or doing things with him, I like to have time for me. I like to be alone, you know, and mm-hmm. have some time out to really ground myself, go and do things that fulfill me, whatever that might be. Um, you know, whether it's booking a massage or going away on a retreat with some other incredible women. You know, I think we really, really need to give ourselves that to have a good quality of life, which... I think between personal life, you know, home life and work life, you are in control of, of that quality. And, um, you know, I try to live in the moment, in the well, that's present. That's a huge learning point from this podcast for, for me, Hardeep, is I'm removing the word balance now. It's no longer work-life balance, <laughs> it's work-life quality. I, I really, as a, as a lasting sentiment, that is such a, a, a wonderful thing that you shared and definitely uh, I agree so much with that. And yeah, balance, I agree. There's no such thing as balance. It's impossible to achieve, I think. I think you're always one or the other and then things just balance out, but it's all about quality focus on quality uh so so that is something that's uh, resonated very much with me and um jazz also you know like i think we just really need to a lot of us worry about tomorrow five years and worrying about tomorrow really robs you of the joy of today so it's about being present you know it's okay to plan for the future but to live there you know live in the present moment enjoy the precious time that we have now make it make it of value and i think that is that is so, so important to really understand that. And I think, you know, you really can have it as a female leader in our profession if you want it, if that's what you desire. And, you know, if you choose to believe, I think dentistry is a great profession for women with families and without, you know. Do do plates fall as I'm mm-hmm, performing mm-hmm. my judging act? Of course they do, but the show must go on. And I keep showing up, I keep learning, and I keep being inspired. And then it's my duty as well to share it and support others along the way. You know, each one teach one. And, you know, when you make it to that point, when you're there at that point in your journey, it's your duty to look back and help the person behind you. And I, I firmly believe that. And, and yeah, so we need to focus on ourselves. Well, I, I definitely think you've, you've helped a lot of people who, who listened and watched today. Uh, I've, I've gained so much. I think this episode is an essential, like, listen or, or, or watch for, for anyone in dentistry, whether you have a family or not, but especially if you are female i think the, the things you cover with lead her and the things you're doing i want i want this to reach every single female dentist i want everyone 
who's thinking about children in the future, family planning to, to listen to this episode. Uh, I think we've covered so much ground uh, and I've had a, a really lovely time and I knew there was a reason I was looking forward to this and and you have absolutely lived up and exceeded that expectation. Uh, Hadeep, thank you so much for, for, for making time for this. It finally made it happen. Uh, and what? I'm going to get on to, I'm going to put the link to your Facebook group or or uh, just instructions how to, to find it, uh, you know, down below on the show notes so everyone can, can, can find that. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I really appreciate you making time for this. Thank you so much, Jazz. It has been an absolute privilege and an honor. And, you know, uh, I've got, while I'm on this platform, I'd like to share a little bit about the retreat that's coming up, if anyone is interested in uh, in coming please, and please. joining us. Um, so the Lead Her Retreat is in September on the date of the 23rd to the 25th of September. So it's a Friday to a Sunday. And it's really there for you to have quality time and space out for you away from your family in a stunning luxury resort in Scotland. And it's it's a really unique opportunity to enjoy epic experiences and connect with other amazing, amazing, wonderful women. And um, it will allow you to relax and recharge and learn really, really powerful leadership skills that you can employ into your personal and professional life. And um, you know, if you're if you're interested, get in touch with me through the Lead Her Facebook group, or alternatively, you know, Jazz can share some contact information uh, about me. I'd be happy for you to reach out by email or text. Um, so yeah, it's it's an experience. I'm really upset, and- Hardeep. <laughs> you want to come, Jazz? <laughs> I'm really upset. <laughs> well, no. Uh, well, I, you know, uh, I, I just checked the dates, and, and we're we're away in Turkey uh, that week. And I really wanted Sim to go. I really wanted the Sim to, because you know what, she she works so hard, and I and I love everything you're doing, and I want her to to be part of what you're doing. Uh, and she you know recently she won't she won't talk about it on her social media, but she got she finished her first year's uh, masters in pizza at Eastman. She got a distinction, uh, okay. and she's done really well. And I want her to 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 you know mix with the positive-minded females like you, because sometimes she lacks that self-confidence. And I think Sim, you're capable of doing one wonderful things and you are the uh, injection of positivity sh- she needs uh, and so um september she can't make it but the next retreat i'm all over well i'm gonna make sure i, I pack her and I send her a poster first class to you to, yeah. to change her life <laughs> oh amazing jazz oh listen you know there, there'll be plenty of these opportunities but yes no you know i would love 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 to spend time with sim she's a fantastic woman and absolutely it's about inspiring empowering each other and lifting each other up because there is greatness within each and every one of us and we just need to recognize our potential and be around that support network that drives you to be the best you can so thank you so so much for giving me uh, access to your incredible platform and jazz you inspire me every single day every single day so Thank you. The feeling is very much mutual, Adip. Uh, thanks so much. And, and I'm indebted to your family, your father, your, your brother, all these people in my life growing up, uh, you know, in my journey of dentistry. Uh, you are important parts of it. Uh, and so, so the, the thanks to Kunus. And just want to say, Vajikalsa, Vajikfate. Thank you so much, Adip, for coming on once again. My pleasure. Thank you, Jazz. Well, there we have it, guys. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. Do reach out to Hardeep on her platforms uh, in the show notes on patrusive.co.uk. I'll put all the links, the brochure for her retreat uh, and how to connect with Hardeep. If you enjoy this episode, would you consider leaving a review on your platform wherever you're listening, whether it's Spotify, Apple, uh, on YouTube? Uh, comment below if that's the case. A review would go a long way in making me see who's listening, who's watching out there. As always, I really appreciate you being a true fan and listening all the way to the end. Thank you so much.